Welcome to the In the Bag Podcast. I am your host, James Haldeman. Unfortunately, I will be singular this week. Uh, we're trying to play it by ear and, and get the new dad, Jonathan Slaughter, on, and we unfortunately could not do that. So I'm coming to you a little late and uh, a little alone, but we're going to make it work this week, and he should be able to to hop on for next week and, and all the way through after that, hopefully. Um we will hop right into it here. We had a, a pretty exciting players championship. Justin Thomas eked out the win. I guess it really wasn't eked out because Lee Westwood's birdie putt didn't mean too much uh, on 18, obviously, uh, in, in the scope of winning the tournament. Obviously, it meant a lot to his wallet. Um, but he, he, you know, I guess it was, was quite a few shots off the lead. Um, was pretty middling Thursday and Friday. Uh, before you know, just really kind of blitzing the field Saturday, and then doing the same Sunday, uh, and and you know Westwood uh, and Bryson faltered on Sunday, really early in the tournament, just kind of uh, made some big mistakes. Bryson obviously on number four, topping the ball ball into the water. Although he'll tell you his club broke, but I, I don't know that I buy that uh, necessarily. And Westwood uh, hitting a tree and and into the water, I think. On number five, I'm not exactly sure what all that was, but obviously made a mistake there. Um, even you know, JT even made a, a mistake late on the back nine, missing a, th- a three foot par putt, which you know he lost what two strokes to putting to the field on the weekend, and still was able to win the tournament. So that's really impressive. I think the real takeaway from the tournament is just I would say how many top guys don't have their game in order right now. Um, you know, we saw Cantlay, Shoffley, Rory. You know, Webb, a bunch of different guys just kind of get blitzed by TPC Sawgrass, you know, on Thursday and Friday, where if you didn't have your game, you were you were not going to make the cut. And, and a lot of guys didn't. And, it, you know, really, I, I think, you know, I think the epitome of that is how introspective Rory was with the simple question of, you know, what what frustrates you right now? And we learned a lot about him chasing distance to the detriment of his swing. And he's very open and honest about that. Um you know, we've recently found out that, that DJ kind of went down the same path, but decided that it was going to hurt his swing too much. And so I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I think Bryson's reining himself in some uh, as other people were trying to catch him and are now learning, hey, maybe we can't or shouldn't be doing what Bryson is at the same time. Bryson's going, OK, well, I I've seen what happens when I, when I try to peak this um, and now maybe I need a little bit less. So I think it, it'll be really fun. You know, we're coming up in Augusta in a few weeks. Uh, we have uh, WGC next weekend after uh, after this weekend, so it'll, it'll be fun to see where all of those um, guys kind of end up and where their games end up going into uh, going into Georgia in, in a few weeks. Uh, but for now, this week we have what is unfortunately an, a pretty weak field to start with, and it's been made an even weaker field um, with the WD of, of Daniel Berger with a rib injury. So I guess that is kind of a bonus to recording this podcast a little bit late this week. Um, Daniel Berger has, he, he pulled out of the pro-am yesterday and, and we all kind of expected him to, to WD from this event and what was already a, a really weak field, um, becomes a, a much, much weaker field without arguably the guy who's playing the best, um, I mean, I guess you can't argue with Lee Westwood's last two finishes, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can maintain that. But without the the best player in the field, um, now becomes a much weaker event. Uh, and so they're playing PGA National, which I think was the third toughest course uh, on tour last season. It was you know Sung JM's 
uh, initial win. He held off, I think, Mac Hughes, uh, hit an incredible bunker shot on 16, uh, I believe, across the water. I think he, yeah, I, I mean, it was magnificent. If, if he, he was up against the lip, um, you know, if he, he does anything wrong, he ends up in the water and he ends up hitting a perfect shot and going on to win the tournament. Um, you know, PGA National is tough. Uh, you, it, it, it demands, again, a complete game. It's not going to be a place you're going to come out and blitz and, and shoot 17, 18, 19, 20 under. Um, you're going to have to have it all put together, and by putting it all together, you're going you're gonna to grind to, you know, maybe 10, 11 under tops. I think Sung JM won at 7 under last year. And so it, it, is a, it is a course that demands everything, um, be at least solid, but your approach game be exceptional. And so that's where we'll kind of be looking this week. Uh, it's a port, short par 70, uh, but the, the fairways are thin. The greens are big in square footage, but I think the, the way the course demands you play, you end up hitting into a lot of smaller sections um, with some very undulating greens, and they're tough to hold. So I think it'll, it'll really depend on, on how good everybody's approach game is this week. Uh, and with that, we'll get into the field. So now at the top of the the order, we now only have four players um, above ten thousand dollars, and I think Sung Jam is the cheapest, you know, top guy uh, outside of Will Zalatoris when he was the most expensive guy at ten thousand nine hundred. We get Sung Jay at eleven thousand, Lee Westwood at ten six, Joaquin Neiman at ten four, and Adam Scott at ten one. Berger was obviously supposed to be in here at ten eight, but but will not will not be part of the field this week. As I've mentioned, um, I mean, I, this is tough. I mean, Berger was probably projected to eat up a lot of the ownership. I imagine he would end up over 30%. Now that he's out, that's going to, I don't really know where things are going to go. I, I imagine Adam Scott and Lee Westwood don't see a lot of ownership. I'm not high on playing Adam Scott right now. I, I just feel like his game's all over the place. I think Adam Scott's probably going to make the cut, but I think his upside is limited and you're paying way too much of a price for him. Unless you want to play game theory, this might might not be a bad week to just go with the guy you think is going to be the lowest owned in each area and, and hope because, I mean, there's just going to be a lot of randomness due to the weakness of this field. We get some pretty crazy pricing this week as we get a little bit lower. Um, you know, Joaquin Neiman's my pick in this range. I think with Berger out, he's probably going to go 40-plus percent owned. But I think he's also the obvious selection uh, here. He's he's definitely the most, well, Sung Jam might be the most talented guy now. Um, but, you know, I think Neiman now kind of has a relatively complete game. You know, he's basically tour average around the green putting. He's not going to kill you there. He played solid last week of the players. Not outstanding, but he played really solid. Um, and so I, I think he's he's my favorite play here. In some weeks, you just kind of got to go with chalk when it's when it's this week up here. Lee Westwood's the other game theory play where you're trying to get advantage on the field, maybe in ownership. He's been playing great. His putter looks better than I think... Most of us have ever remembered seeing it. The ball striking is very on point. And he finished fourth here last year. So I think there's some value in having some Lee Westwood ownership, especially if he's going to go under own. Uh, and then I think, you know, Sung Jam's just the best player in the field. He's been playing pretty solid now that he's playing almost every week again. You know, his last five finishes, he's 32nd, 17th, 28th, 21st, 17th. You'd like to see a little more popping uh, from the guy you're going to maybe be paying $11,000 for. Uh, but you know, you're kind of, we're kind of taking what we can get up here, uh, and especially in a week where I think it's it's a top heavy field, it makes sense to go stars and scrubs. So I, I think, but but again, game theory wise, maybe 
maybe everybody's doing that and you kind of want to make a more balanced roster. But I think if you're going to start up here, you know, it, it makes sense this week to to start chalk with Neiman or M and then, you know, have have Westwood and, and Scott's as pivots. But I'm actually not going to play any Adam Scott. I'm just going to, uh, you know, kind of divert my ownership between M, Westwood, and Neiman up here. Uh, for the next section, we go from Russell Henley. We'll actually just go all the way down to 8,000. Um, down to Wyndham Clark at 8,000. I think this is a, a, a pretty interesting section. We get some some pretty crazy pricing, in my opinion. Um, Gary Woodland will be out this week after a, a positive COVID test, I believe. Uh, but I do know he's not playing this week or else... Well, I mean, that's why it's projected 0% ownership on here. But no Gary Woodland this week. Uh, Russell Henley is, I guess, kind of makes sense. I mean, he, he, he had a tear... Uh, earlier around the CJ Cup and Zozo in Houston, uh, where he was playing really, really well, has fallen off form-wise as of late. His putting's kind of come back down to what we expect from Henley, and and his his off the tee game's not been great. But he just has great course history here. You know, his iron play is is still pretty stellar. He's coming off a missed cut last week. Um, I mean, this is kind of where we we start getting into it. Russell Henley, ninety eight hundred dollars. This is not something you want to pay. Uh, not something I probably will pay. Uh, I'm more interested in this lower nine thousand dollar range of the the three three guys of of Taylor Gooch, Shane Lowry, and Cameron Tringale. Um, you know, Tringale missed the cut last week, which I think is going to depress his ownership, and I like because up until then, his last five starts, he hadn't finished outside the thirtieth. Uh, he's made his last two cuts here. I think he's a guy with a pretty complete game, uh, and obviously his best attribute. Um, is his iron play actually you know he's what all the way down to him he's he's second strokes gained uh, approach out of this group only behind Russell Henley which again is another reason to 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 go into playing Russell Henley um yeah I, I just think right now he's a person that's in control of all aspects of this game obviously had a rough week at TPC Sawgrass but a lot of people did um, so I'm not really going to hold that on him this is probably a little more than I I want to pay for Cameron Tringali even though I own you know, every property on Tringale Island, but um, I think that's my favorite play here. I also really like Taylor Gooch, you know, obviously off of a top five finish last week, had a chance to post at the time of his finish the the best score. I think he was tied uh, at the time of his finish at, at 11 under, but played a great tournament. Uh, his his iron play was on point, uh, and he, he's just playing been playing really solid golf, only one miscut at the waste management over his last, like, six starts I think um and so I think you're just going to get somebody who's playing really solid golf gain strokes across the board um so I like Taylor Gooch this week and then Shane Lowry was great last week um has made his the cut in his last two appearances here uh, and I think after some pretty middling performance we, we saw Shane Lowry take some time off before the WGC finished 50th there Arnold Palmer didn't look great uh, but then just played magnificent golf last week, and he, he did it off the back of his his ball striking, and that's kind of what we expect from Shane Lowry. Um, but I, I just like where he's at, and I, I think he's he's a solid look this week. And then we get in the eight thousand range, and and we see some I, some surprising pricing here. I mean, you know, Ian Poulter's been around seven thousand dollars the last two weeks. You know, Benny on. Um, Dylan Fratelli's been under $7,000. Now we get all these guys jumping up into this $8,000 range um, where we've seen them before but but wouldn't expect to see them right now. Uh, for me, I, I think this all all starts with Doug Gim. 
Uh, he was in what? It was in the in the pairing with JT. I think the moment got a little too big for him at the players. He just <laughs> snap hooked basically every driver he hit that day, uh, and just didn't have it for him. Unfortunately, I mean, it, just a huge moment for a guy that's been playing really, really good golf. Uh, and I, I think, given that that is maybe some people's last impression of him. Hopefully they'll be off of him a little bit more. But really, you know, if he doesn't make that quad, it, it doesn't end up that bad of a finish at all. Uh, and so I'm, I'm willing to hop back on Doug Gim. You know, Ricky Fowler price up here is just, it's just not that interesting to me. I know he's had some success here, but it's just, it's, it's just not the same Ricky Fowler, obviously. So I'm, I'm off of that for now. I, I'm still waiting for him to show me. Um, Brendan Steele. I am all over this week. I think he's just been playing magnificent, magnificent golf, making a ton of cuts, uh, and and finished fourth here last year. He did it again last week at the Players in a really difficult course. He's just his ball striking is phenomenal. You can't beat it right now. Um, and and in this field and in an area where I think some pricing is weird, I think Brendan Steele deserves to be here. Uh, Cam Davis, another guy we've seen him price this high. It's weird to me that he's priced this high right now. Uh, he has all the talent in the world, but at two courses that have been extremely demanding back-to-back, he's missed two cuts. And I think we come to another course that is demanding. And if there's one thing we know right now, it's that his game's not in order from top to bottom. And if it's not, your game's not in order from top to bottom right now with, you know, obviously with emphasis on the approach play, I don't think you're, um, I don't think you're a core play. I think maybe you could pivot just because he does have talent. You might not want to miss out on it. Um, but there's, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable playing Cameron Davis in, in low entry type events this week. Um, Matt Wallace, I know he played all Arnold Palmer. We didn't see him last week. Um, not that interested in, uh, approach, approach plays the weakest part of his game. He's kind of a grinder better around the green game, game and putter. So I'm not that interested in him. I'd rather play, you know, Keegan Bradley, who, who I really like this week, had another really solid tournament last week, was kind of in it on the weekend for a little bit. Uh, before he faded, but you know, we've gone to two two courses um, that demand elite ball striking, and Keegan Bradley has has answered the bell basically in both of those tournaments, and I expect it again this week. And then a little fun fact for Keegan: we all know he can't putt, but he's gained strokes putting in his last two events. So maybe we want to ride this putter right now, and uh, and hopefully it produces for us again. Uh, Keimer. We just haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, he's kind of priced here based on name and the fact that he plays decent in Florida usually. Uh, but I, I'm off of him this week. Uh, I th- I don't really know what to make of Fratelli. You know, he had three missed cuts, played well enough last week to make it. Um, you know, he's, he's just kind of a streaky player. I don't know that you want to roster him as a core, but I think he's definitely a good pivot. Uh, Ian Poulter missed cut last week, made the cut at API. You know, you're... At a place where it demands iron play, I just don't think I, I'm comfortable enough telling you to play Ian Poulter. We know he's a guy that gets it done on and around the greens. Um, and this is expensive to pay for Ian Poulter at this point in his career. Uh, last two guys, though, I I, I don't like Wyndham Clark. And that's he was on a streak you know, leading up to this. I know he has a couple good finishes here, but his ball striking has been bad the last two weeks. Um, and he's missed those cuts because of that. And I, I just kind of foresee that continuing right now. Um, Binion, on the other hand, I think is a great pivot play. He has very, very good course history here. And I think he kind of probably takes the miscut better than other people did last week. I mean, he just had a bad 17, made an 11 on it. 
on Friday, on Thursday and was never really in the tournament again, right? And so I, I see that easier to bounce back from than, you know, missing the cut by one when you were really grinding um, the entire weekend. And we know Benion plays well in Florida, made the cut at API. Um, I just expect him to kind of put it together this week and, and turn things around. Uh, now we're going to get down below 8,000. We'll go all the way down to 7,000 here because there's quite a few golfers in the area. I'm not going to mention everybody um, from this point on. I'll, I'll kind of talk about guys I like and guys I'd avoid. I think JT Poston is worth a look. Uh, and I know he's a grinder, putter, um, around the green type of guy. But you know he was on last week, and he, when he plays well, he tends to do it in bunches. Uh, I think Russell Knox is a, a complete game guy. Uh, and he made the cut the last two weeks in stronger fields. So I kind of like him again this week. I mentioned Mac Hughes um, had finished second here last year. I'm not sure that I'm that on him this year. Uh, I, I think you know his ball striking was bad last week. He's just not been playing that great as of late. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pass there. Adam Hadwin. I think uh, he has no course history here, unfortunately. But I think he's kind of the kind of guy that just like steady. Um, plays well across the board. So I, I could see having Adam Hadwin here this week. Uh, oh, I, I skipped, actually, uh, I think my favorite play from this upper 7,000 range, which is Brandon Wu. He is a Corn Ferry Tour guy, um, has a win there fairly recently, would be on the PGA Tour this year uh, if we had not had the weird you know, COVID um, season. I finished seventh at the Puerto Rico Open. I mean, this kid's got a lot of talent. Uh, he might get a little overlooked. I definitely think he's worth rostering, and he might be my favorite core play uh, from this upper 7,000 range. Uh, you got to go down to basically Harold Varner. I don't get caught in a Kevin Streelman trap. Um, I know I said this is a ball-striking place, but he's just not playing well right now since his little run. Uh, basically, Farmers Open Waste Management AT&T. I just don't think that's the correct choice this week. Um, drop down to Harold Varner. He's the guy in this range that I really like next, and I think he should be a core play in your lineups. Um, you know, he's made the cut here the last four years without popping, no no great finishes. But I think over the last couple of weeks, he's kind of shown some some sparks of what we've, you know, from time to time been able to expect from Howard Varner. And I, I just think, you know, we priced a lot of guys on DraftKings really high this week, but there were, like, weird names. I think Harold Varner should have been one of those names. He's got just as good a recent history uh, as any of those guys and, and is probably a better all-around player at T to green. So it, it's weird to me that he's not up there a little higher. I'd definitely be looking to play Harold Varner this week. Uh, drop down a little lower. Then we get to, like, you know, Pat and Kazire. I think he's on, like, a 12-cut streak right now. He does it in... A very strange way. He makes a lot of birdies, a lot of bogeys, uh, and he'll give you a heart attack on the cut every week. But right now, he's making a lot of cuts, and his price didn't go up a ton. And I think it's because of the way he does it. You you can be really prone to making a big number here. Uh, but I, I think just the the need for people to make cuts in a weak field. Um, Pat Gazire is worth a look. He might not be a core play, but he's definitely a pivot this week. Uh, Henrik Norlander's price is, I think, depressed um, based on his last couple weeks of performances. You know, when he was on a run at AT&T, he was like almost $9,000, maybe more, I believe, uh, in a weaker field. And so I think you're getting Henrik Norlander, who is a, a you know a ball-striking machine when he's playing well at a really good price. And I, w- I would definitely uh, be taking a look there 
uh, and probably will be a core part of my rosters. Uh, I know Phil pl played well last week. Uh, he made a birdie off the luck of hitting a tree and having it hit the green. You know, I, I just think that was a flash in the pan. I definitely steer clear of, of Phil Mickelson uh, this week. Uh, Matt Jones, I'm not going to recommend playing him. This is an approach course. Uh, that's definitely the worst part of his game. Uh, then we get down to the lower 7,000 guys. Uh, James Hahn, I like a lot. You know, he struggled on Saturday or struggled on Thursday and Saturday, I believe. But played pretty well, you know, on on uh, Friday and Sunday. Finished top 40 of the players. He's just a guy with a really solid game all the way through. Approach play is his best part of his game, and I, I think that's going to be what it takes. Uh, I think Jonathan Vegas is worth a look. He, you know, finished second at the Puerto Rico Open, made the cut at the players, uh, has pretty good course history here, uh, and just kind of seems to be on a general upswing in his game, and, and for me, he's a pretty streaky player. Uh, another guy that I definitely think is worth a look this week is Matthew Neesmith. Just, I mean, he's an elite iron player uh, right now, and, and when you can find that this slow at this type of course, mm -hmm. I know he was missed the last two cuts, but uh, he was on a tear before that, and I think it might be... Time to do him from a game theory perspective. People hopping off of him. Definitely worth a look this week. You know, there's... Once we get below that, you know, there's not really a ton. You can give Adam Long... Well, not Doc Redman now. You can give Adam Long a look. His ball striking's been kind of picking back up. Finished, what, 22nd the players last week. Might be worth it. Um, you know, Ches Reeves' iron game has been solid. I expect him to be pretty highly owned. So if you're... You're kind of trying to get fancy with your lineups. I don't think that's the way to look this week, but um, you know you, you could certainly do worse than than playing Chesarivi uh, at the at the bottom of your rosters this week, given his iron play is is currently you know pretty strong. Uh, below that, we're now getting down to the six thousands, and it's pretty slim picking down here. You know, we saw Denny McCarthy have a pretty hot start uh, to the players, but not wasn't really able to. You know, cap it off. He made a hole in one, uh, but I, I don't know. You know, this is not this is not a Denny McCarthy type course. So I think it makes sense that he's still priced as low as he is. I would not buy into that hype. The guy whose hype I would buy into is Jim Furyk. He's been killing people with the irons this year, averaging you know 0.6 strokes on the field per round. Made his last four cuts. Has just been playing really solid golf, and I don't think you're gonna get a ton of that down here. So I, I would definitely uh, you know, give Jim Furyk a look. Uh, below that, it, it just kind of keeps getting dicey. You know, Schwartzel, if you want course history, he's made his last two cuts, finished top 20. Uh, Wesley Bryan's worth a look. You know, he's a great iron player. Uh, we haven't seen him here in two years. His last time out at the Genesis, he made the cut, which was an incredibly stacked field. So he's probably worth a look. Jason Duffner, really solid course history. Uh, you know, best part of his game is his iron play. Might be worth a look. Below that, really, you're just kind of taking chances on on talent guys. Which, when you when you kind of come down here and look through this, it makes me feel like this might be a less of a starters and scrubs and more of a um, you know a kind of even build type of week. Just because for the simple fact that there's just not much down here, but also these tournaments can be pretty random, um, as we all know. So. I think you can build it multiple ways. Uh, I think at this point, I don't have, you know, I, I don't know how much win equity you're sacrificing by not playing Sungjae and Neiman and going and starting your lineup 
you know, with like Tringali and Gooch or Tringali and Lowry or something like that, right? I just, I, I don't know how much you're giving up. I don't think you're giving up a ton. Um, and so it might be worth it to do a middling lineup this week. Or not a middling lineup, but like a middle price lineup this week and, and kind of forgo the Stars and Scrubs approach except for in, in, you know, like one or two of your lineups to give yourself a shot. Uh, betting odds this week are, are pretty wild um, just because so many people have at the top of it up dropping like Gary Woodland had decent odds. Obviously Berger had good odds uh, or low odds, I guess, to win. You know, we're, we're coming to a, t- a tournament with, I mean, the, the best pedigree here is Adam Scott for sure. And he's 20 to one to win it. Um, that seems tempting to me on an outright bet. Don't want to play him in lineups, but definitely tempting on an outright bet. I like Keegan Bradley at 46, Brendan Steele at 50 to one. Both of those lines, uh, seem really good to me. Doug Gim after a really good performance, 58 to one, you know, Neiman at 58 to one, Neiman at 15 to one. I really like, um, you know, Brandon Wu has the, the ability to come out and win this golf tournament. He's 75. I don't know how much I'm in love with that number. Varner at 55. I wish it was a little bit longer, but I also like that number. Uh, and then actually my favorite number on the board might be James Hahn at 115. I, I just, I've had a feeling about him for the last few weeks. He played, I think he played solid last week. I think it was a sign of good things to come. So James Hahn actually might be my favorite number, uh, at a long bet this week. Um, but you know, this is, this is a weak field. Uh, I'm definitely not as excited this week as I am. Uh, as I have been the last few weeks on the PGA Tour because it's just been an insane run of golf from the Genesis up until the players last week. But I, I, it'll be interesting to see um, you know, what Sungjae is able to do, what what Neiman's able to do, um, Varner, Doug Gim coming off the, you know, not probably it's definitely not the best finish of his career, but it's probably the most important finish of his career given the quality of the field and, and how well he played for three rounds. Um, so I'm pulling for him to to kind of bounce back from that. So I'll definitely be tuned in. Um, obviously not as good as I have been, but it, this is a a great run up to uh, to the WGC next week, and then I think we get the Valero and then the Masters. So this next three week run we're going to buckle up for uh, again. Like I said, next week we should uh, hopefully have Slaughter back in the fold. Maybe we'll get a butt, uh, baby update, and uh, maybe we'll get Hatchback too. Hatchback, that's funny. Uh, maybe we'll get Hatch uh, in the conversation as well. Definitely have him for the Masters. Maybe we can get him for the WGC this week so you don't have to listen to me ramble for 25 minutes. But uh, thank you for listening, and, and I hope uh, I hope if you do decide to do some, some investing on uh, the tournament this week, it all goes well for you. Thanks for tuning into the In the Bag podcast. If you want to interact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at In the Bagcast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at James Paul Four. You can also leave comments, rate, subscribe, whatever you like, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. Good luck to all of you this week, and we hope you'll tune in again next week to make sure you have the right clubs in the bag. Thanks again. Stay safe.